one show giving you the truth about personal finance. This is Financial Coaching Radio, and I'm your host, Jason Qual, certified financial planner, one of the only independent commission-free financial advisors in Rutherford County. All about me, check out Jason Qualls, CFP.com, J-A-S-O-N-Q-U-A-L-L-S, CFP.com. Questions, comments, just click email the show at financialcoachingradio.com. A lot of people plan to retire early. They're forced into retirement early. And what is early retirement? I think most would consider early retirement anything pre-age 60 or maybe even pre-age 65. Obviously, people are living longer. They're working longer uh, out of desire or they have to for this reason or another. But if you're preparing to retire pre-age 65, that's what we're going to go with in today's discussion. Here's some things to think about. And the number one uh, on my list would be, what are you going to do for health insurance? If you're already self-employed and you're working towards retirement, you pretty much got this figured out already, right? Because whatever you're doing for health insurance while you're self-employed, you will typically continue to do so after you retire up until the age of 65 when you qualify for Medicare. And then it turns everything upside down because Medicare really is a pretty decent program when it comes for health insurance. You know, there's add-ons, you can sell Medicare supplements and all those things. It's a whole other show. But what are you going to do about health insurance if you right now depend on your employer providing it to you? That is the biggest biggest unknown because what's are you going to qualify? What's the cost? You know, the options today are a little bit different than they were you know, five years ago. And their options five years ago are a lot different than they were 10, 15, 20 years ago. That is because of the Obamacare stuff that happened. And, you know, the Obamacare stuff in, in initial phases for the, I guess, the first eight to 10 years or so that it was out, individual health plans went away. And you had to buy individual health insurance for the most part through exchange the Obamacare exchange that has since changed with the do away doing away with the penalty for not buying insurance on the Obamacare exchange and that's opened up other plans and other options so the point is without going into detail every single aspect of health insurance planning today is that you have a few more options now than you used to post Obamacare these are all things you got to prepare for and the biggest preparation in in this aspect of planning is how much is it going to cost you you got to build that into your retirement planning budget because it's an expense if you're working for an employer provides all or most of your health care insurance cost then you're going to have to figure out can you fit it in to be able to retire pre-age 65 before Medicare kicks in Medicare is different than Medicaid. Medicare is the health insurance option for uh, the government provided what you've been paying into through payroll taxes all of these years. You know, the part of FICA that's there that you pay, uh, that aspect of it. The next question you got to ask yourself in retirement, early retirement, any retirement, really, if you're after the age of 62 or going to turn 62 in your retirement years, when do you start to claim Social Security? Do you claim it at 62? Do you claim it at your full retirement age? For most people listening that are not already on Social Security, that's going to be around age 66 or 67, somewhere in there. Now, there's going to be a few months added depending on when your birthday is. Find out when your full retirement age is. 
get your social security benefit statement look at the numbers what is it at full retirement age what is it at age 62 what will it be at age 70 and determine based on your situation with every other income stream you may or may not have in retirement what's best for you there's a lot of articles and a lot of uh, myths out there telling you this is the way to maximize social security it's different for everyone because what works for you which may be claiming at age 62 may not work for another person and what works for you know someone else they may claim it at age 67 or six or age 70. the other aspect of planning an early retirement is what are your income streams going to be and this is typically because if you're pre-age 62 you don't have social security even at the early year that's the earliest you can claim social security if you're pre-age 59 and a half you really have limited options of what you can do as far as your 401k your regular ira even your roth ira has some limitations there so you're going to need an income stream that allows you to spend money before all those things before you're allowed to spend those dollars you know, to take money out of a traditional ira and make it whatever amount you want you have to be age 59 and a half now there's some workarounds some loopholes your Roth IRA, the growth has to stay in your Roth IRA until you're age 59 and a half. Now, your cost basis or your contributions can come out anytime. Uh, but those are things that make planning a little bit more difficult. So if you're going to retire pre-age 59 and a half, pre-age 62, you've got to plan now to put money in the right places so you have access to assets and income streams that allow you to live for those first few years until those other income streams are available this is the planning aspect i'm talking about you listen to other shows now you got everybody needs to do this everybody needs to do that this is where you save you save 20 percent and y'all you put it all in a roth maybe maybe you get lucky and that works for you but depending on what your goals are we're trying to retire at age 50 probably not going to work we're trying to retire at age 55 less likely uh it's going to be as uh ideal as it would if you were age 60 so think about every aspect of it and don't go at it alone think about it with your expert financial planner as i tell you every day make sure you're working with an independent fee only certified financial planner to learn more about what i do how i do it go to jasonqualscfp.com right for the short break we'll talk about what's happening in the real estate world what's happening with mortgage rates are they up are they down how to pay off that mortgage early if that's something you'd like to do all that and more is on the way. Keep it locked in right here on Financial Coaching Radio. Hey, Financial Coaching Radio listeners. If you don't understand exactly how your financial advisor is compensated, you could be in big trouble. My name is Jason Qualls, a commission-free certified financial planner. To learn more about why my process is so unique, go to jasonquallscfp.com or call 878-2134 today. 
A recent undercover study found that over 89% of paid tax preparers made mistakes. You heard me right, over 89%. Is your tax person making mistakes? Tax mistakes cost you money and may even lead to an IRS audit. I recommend you get a second opinion on your tax return today by calling Tothero Helen Welch CPAs at 848-1072. Tothero Helen Welch has been providing tax services to individuals and businesses for over 50 years. So call them today at 848-1072 or go to thwcpa.com. In the Financial Coaching Radio. I'm Jason Qual, Certified Financial Planner. Joining in now is Marshall Sparkman. Yeah, Sparkman Lending. Is it SparkmanLending.com? That's the new website, right? SparkmanLending.com. That's my fancy new website. Uh, approved, vetted, and approved. <laughs> it's been approved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's amazing that as a business owner how many hoops you got to jump through just to do simple things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the things I was told today on my compliance call was uh, I need to have all my social media sites and my websites approved through compliance. And I'm like, do I really need to have them approved? Or are you guys just trying to make more money? I don't know, but I'm going to err on the side of caution <sighs> and get them all reviewed. So they have your MLS number? Is that what they're wanting to make sure? Because <laughs> you hear the radio advertising with mortgage people. Of disclosures and, they have- and disclaimers that are supposed <laughs> to be on, on all my stuff. So... We'll see. So without that, you're opening yourself up to lawsuits. And really what it is about somebody else, the regulators trying to force you to pay this fee and pay this, you know, it's just a money grab in my opinion. It is. Yeah. At the end of the day, you know, here's the thing, you know, we're not screwing anybody or being deceptive and, and not ripping folks off. So everything other than that is just a bunch of, you know, government legal mumbo jumbo that you gotta you gotta do right yeah regulating small businesses to earn a living when they could be regulating so much more stuff to make it if they could really regulate anything well which they can't can't even deliver mail properly without losing billions of dollars but i'll go move on to what the topic is and that is mortgages i saw where mortgage rates have jumped up huge increase right <laughs> well i don't know i mean you know jumped up to what they went from two seven to two eight yeah. yeah, I mean, come on, man. It's, free, it's still free money. So have you, you seen that trend locally? I know it, it varies. And we look at the average mortgage rate. You know, that's that's nationwide. And that's a survey. That's not every, it's not what you can get locally. It's not based on credit score. It's just the, you know, the national average. Yeah, the, one of the biggest things that I get from clients all the time, I, I get it on a daily basis, is, a client of mine will call me, hey, I got this thing in the mail that says I can get one and a quarter interest rate. And I'm like, oh, Lord. Well, no, actually, you can't get one and a quarter. I've never seen 30-year fixed rates down that low. And you may can get a 5-1 arm with a balloon payment on it if you pay down five points. You may be able to get it down to 1%. I don't know. So speaking of the lingo there, you know, we've talked about it before, but let's mention it now for the sake of you, know, you go get a mortgage and you don't have, you don't pay any of this crazy buy-down fees. You know, the rate is what the rate is based on your qualification, your credit score, et cetera. But you can actually pay a fee and, and buy down whatever that rate would be. That's what we're talking about, right? You're, in, a, in the simplest terms is you're prepaying the interest on your loan 
So and you're you're paying in advance to get a lower interest rate for the so, term of so the loan. Basically, in your closing costs, we're rolling in higher cost, but you're getting a lower interest rate. So in essence, you're kind of prepaying what you would have been paying anyways. You're just kind of paying it up front. So if someone wanted to be ridiculous with it, so the, the average they could qualify for a three percent mortgage rate, thirty year. Mm-hmm. and they want to be ridiculous and buy that sucker down. How far could they get it down? Uh, you can only buy it legally. They only allow us to – you can only buy it down with three points. So you can buy it down so, to zero. Yeah, you can only spend up to three <laughs> points. Well, actually, your total loan fees cannot exceed 3% of 3%. your loan amount. So think about it. If you got a $300,000 loan, you can spend up to $9,000 to prepay your, your interest or buy your rate down. If you've got a $100,000 loan – you can only spend three thousand dollars, so it's kind of it's kind of messed up the way it works. But that's the government came in and said you can't charge more than three percent total fees. So in those fees, the average closing cost included what about one percent of the loan? Well, it's only loan fees, so that would be your origination fees, your processing and underwriting fees, any kind of mortgage company fees. They can't be more than three percent. All the other fees, it's game on. There's no really, a, there's not really a cap on it. So you may be able to buy that three percent rate down to what one percent, maybe. One and a half? No, you can't get it to one percent. The lowest I've ever seen a thirty-year fix was probably two and a quarter, and that was, you know, at the peak of the uh, lowest rates. And it's still, it's still not far off from the lowest rates uh, right now. Anyway, I mean, and that's what, with a buy down, half a percent off. I mean, it's still just ridiculously low rates. And that's with the buy down, getting it to two, two and a quarter. Yeah, that's uh, that's probably the low. I've I've never had, you know, usually. I don't recommend buying it down because unless if you know, hey man, I'm do I'm going to live in this house forever and I'm doing a 15 year loan and I just want to get it down as low as I can. And you really have to be, you have to be critical looking at the numbers. You have to figure out well when's my break even. If your break even is seven or eight years out, it's probably not worth doing it. And when I say break even, I mean you calculate the difference in the monthly payment between buying down the rate and whatever the going market rate is. And then you look at that over a period. Say you so, for example, if it saves you fifty bucks a month, but it costs you five thousand dollars to buy it down, well, it's going to take you forever to break even on that. So you have to look at the break even and and uh, make sure that it's reasonable to you. Well, you mentioned some mail in or mail out mortgage marketing materials. Someone saying you get a one and a quarter interest rate on your loan, your mortgage. What is the end goal of these companies? What's their agenda when they mail these things out? Is it just to entice phone calls, even though they know they can't deliver? It's all bait and switch. Our industry is terrible about that. In fact, so much so, they put into place uh, UDAPT, which is unfair and deceptive advertising practices, UDAP, I think, something like that. Anyways, they put in laws to prevent scrupulous lenders from doing that, but they still do it. It's crazy. Uh, anything that's misleading or deceptive, uh, you know, we should steer clear from it. But you still, I mean, anybody that owns a home, you you get stuff in the mail con- every week. You get bombarded with mailers with, you know, deceptive, <laughs> deceptive stuff on it. So it's, I don't know. And what things when you call in and you actually go through the process and figure out what the real loan costs are, the real loan rate, it's not going to be anywhere near that marketing materials. And I guess how do they survive? I guess this lead generation in some sense. But oh, it is. They're, most of these companies are paying a third-party marketing company to go out and do the marketing services for them, and that's how they skirt around the laws. They say, oh, we didn't provide deceptive service. This company did. <laughs> and they point their, ultimately, they could be held responsible, but obviously nobody's auditing that. You know? If you're just tuning in. I'd send out something like that and get, catch an audit immediately. But. 
If you're just tuning in, we're talking mortgages and local real estate with Marshall Sparkman. SparkmanLending.com. Susie Orman says, avoid this huge mistake when refinancing your mortgage. What do you think she's talking about? Avoid this huge mistake. Oh, keep going. Because Susie knows everything. So what she's talking about is a cash out. Don't do a cash out refinance. What do you think about that? Uh, that's probably somebody that's never owned a home. <laughs> wrote that. <laughs> and Susie. Cash out refinance is a great tool, in my opinion. Um, there, you know, there's a lot of people out there still living check to check, right? And if you're living check to check and your, your bills, you got all these bills going out and you got all this money sitting in your house, you know, kind of the first step in any kind of financial relief is you just gotta you gotta get some relief man let's get rid of some of these debts all the, you gotta stop the bleeding right and a, and a good way to do that is if you've got equity in your house a lot of times I'm, I'm doing a cash out refinance for people helping them pull all not all pull some of the equity out of your house uh, you can get out up to 80% of whatever it's worth right now so you still got some equity in your house but you pull out some of that cash and pay off your debts man let's stop the bleeding and give you a little bit of breathing room, maybe even put a little bit of money in the bank. Let's set some money to the side for when your tires go flat or when your hot water heater gives out. You know, give yourself a little bit of breathing room there. Um, so I'm a, I'm a big fan of a cash out refinances. I have seen it change people's lives, man. And a lot of times, somebody came to me and they hit an interest rate in the fours, and now I've got them down in the high twos or maybe even low threes, and they took out cash and their payment's still the same or even lower. Than it was before, so it's a no, you know, it's a no-brainer financially for most people. And what about let's say someone ten years ago got a thirty-year loan, now they have twenty years left, and they refinance and they go back to a thirty. Now, obviously, I'd probably, I'd probably put them back on a twenty. So that 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 was one point she was making. So you're lowering your your interest rate, you're lowering your monthly payment, but you're going out another you know, 10, 15 years, and that's a bad decision. And then anything, if anyone's listened to this show for more than a week. It's all case by case, but I can see right. on, on the, yeah, the surface. I mean, if you're struggling to live day by day, who cares about going back on another 30 year, man? We just need to get you some breathing room right now, today. Like, we don't need to worry about, you know, let's worry about 15 years now, uh, tomorrow. So you're saying if someone's out there refinancing and they, they've, they've paid off their mortgage, paid down their mortgage term, don't necessarily extend the years, just lower your rate. Correct. Marshall Sparkman, SparkmanLending.com, SparkmanLending.com. Marshall, what's the best phone number to reach you? Uh, best phone number to reach me is 615-499-6516. More mortgage and real estate talk right here on Financial Coaching Radio. If you keep it locked in right here on WGNS. Are you worried because a spouse or family member needs long-term nursing home care? Estate planning attorney John Baker can help. Protect your assets so you can leave something behind for your family. Call 896-5621. That's 896-5621. Or go to bakercouncil.com. Do you have a financial plan? I'm not talking about a worthless binder full of pretty charts and graphs. Are you certain you're on track to reach all your financial goals? A comprehensive financial plan is about so much more than just your IRA and mutual funds. 
It involves risk management, tax planning, professional investment management, retirement, and estate planning. Make sure your entire financial life is in order by calling me, Jason Qualls, a commission-free certified financial planner at 878-2134 or go to my website, jasonquallscfp.com. Welcome back to the Financial Coaching Radio, the one show giving you the truth about personal finance. No books to sell, certainly not peddling any live event tickets. I'll leave that to the other show. I'm Jason Qualls, jasonquallscfp.com for all about me. We're talking mortgages this segment with Marshall Sparkman, sparkmanlending.com, in the business for himself, in the business for his clients. And that makes all the difference in one of the largest loans you're ever going to take out, one of the largest purchases you're going to make because not all lenders do things the same and just from a pure cost standpoint you know, that's where being on your own makes a difference all right so marshall tell the listeners a little bit about the cost difference between a bank a big lender an online lender and you oh that's one of my favorite topics um right well you know people just don't know and to be honest with you jason i didn't know and fully understand until i went out and started my own company as a mortgage broker so as a mortgage broker, um, I always knew when I when I was working at a bank or another mortgage company, I always knew if somebody was shopping me and they had a mortgage broker that I wasn't going to get the deal, like I was going to lose it, because brokers always seem to have a way. Uh, but we don't have many mortgage brokers. I think there's only a sm- very small handful, one handful here in Middle Tennessee of mortgage brokers, so I didn't run against them that often. But I always knew, and then I, I, started, uh, I started looking into it myself. And um, that was ultimately why I made the decision to go out on my own was because I re- once I started looking into it and seeing the difference in rates and what I could give my clients, I just it became an ethical issue. I was you know I- I'm sitting here telling myself I can't look my friends or my clients in the eye and say, man, I'm taking care of you. I'm getting you the best rate possible. If I if I knew I wasn't, and um, now you know as a broker, shoot, man, I, when I when I price your loan out, I'm looking at I'm look I'm. I'm looking at the wholesale rates. So you have wholesale and you have retail. Just like if you wanted to go out there and buy a pair of pants, you could go to Buckle or you could go to TJ Maxx and get the same thing. Um, so it's kind of a bad analogy, but on, on the retail world, you have your banks and your typical mortgage companies. And then you have the wholesale world in the mortgage business where uh, mortgage brokers, we deal directly with the end user, whoever's going to be servicing your loan. So for example, when I worked for a bank, a lot of times the bank would originate your loan, they they do your loan, and then they turn around and they would sell it to the high, whoever the highest bidder was that week on Wall Street that was buying the loan. So they're just going to turn around and sell your loan, and they're catching a fee in the middle, a middleman fee, basically. So as a mortgage broker, what I do is I, I go out there to all the, uh, the, the end user, the servicers, the people that are going to be servicing your loan uh, at the end anyways. I'm going to those guys, and I'm saying, all right, who, which one of you servicing companies have the best rates today? Because these servicing companies, man, there's we've we've got a handful of servicing companies here in the United States, probably about 40, uh, 40 mortgage companies that service loans or so, and um, and uh, these guys will vary. Their interest rates may vary. They may be buried in volume, and they say, hey, we need to slow things down, so they'll raise their interest rates maybe for a week, maybe for a month, for whatever period of time. So you can just go on to the next one. But as a broker, I'm looking at all these different rates with all these different servicing companies. And I figure out who's going to have the best deal, and that changes. It changes often. From, uh, uh, and then, and also for your particular scenario, you may. So 
somebody may have better pricing for a cash out refinance versus a, uh, a, a purchase. Somebody may be running a special for purchases over $250,000 with a 700 credit score and up. They may be running a special. So I'm able to capture those and then pass the savings on to my client. And the cool thing about it is, is instead of turn around and selling your loan, I'm giving your loan directly to who's going to be servicing it. So the chances of them selling, I mean, they could sell your loan in the future, but usually uh, they're the ones that are going to end up servicing it. And uh, you'll see a difference in interest rates. I get, you know, I get clients that shop, and that's a smart thing to do. You should always get a second opinion. But a lot of times I'm seeing quotes out there, and I, I may be a quarter percent, half a percent lower in rate, and usually I'm probably three to $4,000 lower in closing cost. Uh, so, you know, it's just, it was the best thing. I knew it was the best thing for me to do from an ethical standpoint. If I'm going to be taking care of my clients that I need to be, I need to be able to back that up. And I feel like that was the, the way for me to do it was to go out as an independent mortgage broker. So mortgage broker, which is where the firm you started, cuts out uh, an aspect of the middleman that tr- exists in traditional mortgage lending. Correct. Yep. And does that middleman exist whether you call an online company like Quicken or, you know, you go to a big big bank or a local credit union is all the middleman still there in those instances yes yeah you know most of those guys so the the crazy thing about it is the middleman most mortgage companies out there are are the middleman unless if they're actually servicing it and even if they are servicing it the rates and the pricing is usually the retail price we call that the retail price is usually set by the middleman so even if it is a mortgage company out there that services their own loans the funny I always give this example a big box bank, you know, big common household name bank can that's going to be servicing the loan. You could get on their website and get a quote from them, and let's just say they're quoting you three and a half. Well, I could turn around and sell the same loan to their same company to their wholesale department and be getting that rate three, three and a quarter. It's crazy the way it works. That's just their you're getting their retail rates, and I'm getting their wholesale rates. So the only way to discover this is to do what you mentioned earlier is, is to is to compare different lenders in their rates and their costs and i think everyone would understand that but they're like man getting a mortgage is just a pain i don't want to do this three or four times with different people that's got to be what prohibits people they're like i just just give me the loan i don't care what i gotta pay just give me the loan man i think that's why the mortgage companies run everybody through the ringer so much is just because of that reason you know i say if you start out with a mortgage broker you don't have to shop because i'm doing the shopping for you so it's almost like working with an independent insurance agent that's shopping multiple carriers. That's exactly the same. So that that's got to be powerful. And I think, do you think the trend is going to continue to see more of these pop up? Why are there not more people have went on their own? Because it is a pain in the butt <laughs> to start your own mortgage company. Let me tell you. Now, will there ever be a, a time where you know, say, a, a mortgage broker will grow his business large enough? You got five, ten people that are that are out there doing loans would you ever that make you a middleman in essence or will all those people still be able to broker just like you would no i think i'm gonna i think i'm gonna hang on to the broker model and i'm gonna hang on until some big bank comes and offers me an offer i can't refuse to buy my company from me <laughs> and then do another one <laughs> <laughs> and do it. Yeah, after my no compete runs out yeah <laughs> Marshall Sparkman, SparkmanLending.com, SparkmanLending.com. Jump on his website if you ever have a mortgage question. Of course, get a second opinion on all things financial, especially 
getting a mortgage. How's the local real estate market? I know a lot of it's been driven recently by refinances, but you do a lot of purchases and, and new construction builds. What's what's your feel from just your colleagues of where we are in real estate? Yeah, a lot of new construction. I hear a lot of misconceptions. I think there's a lot of fear in the real estate community, and there's a lot of fear on the media. There's a bubble. There's a bubble. Man, the fact is, we've still got people relocating here to Middle Tennessee. Uh, they say one out of five buyers right now is coming from California, <laughs> which is crazy. Um, so, anyways, we've still got a lot of people relocating here. There's still a demand on our real estate. I think this is the best analogy that I can use. Everybody said, uh, you know, they're saying, oh, well, it's starting to slow down now. What, what, what I am seeing is slowing down. If you had a house, I'm just going to use, I'm just going to pick numbers out of the air. If you had a house that you thought was worth about 300000 market value on it should be about 300000 but, but, you know, this summer, you would have been like, hey, talking to your real estate agent, you probably would have been like, hey, let's put it on the market at three twenty-five and just see what happens. And guess what? It was selling at three twenty-five. It may have even sold for three forty, three fifty. That's the market that we've been in. Now, I think what's happening is people are saying, "Wait a minute, that's ridiculous. Let's not put it on the market at three twenty-five. Let's put it on the market at uh, let's go to three fifteen. Let's kind of meet in the middle." So they're still, in my opinion, inflated, but they're just not that crazy amount. But there still is a buyer frenzy out there on on houses. So you're still seeing multiple offers on every single house out there. You're still seeing people priced high. So, you know, and, and I say priced high, it's really, it's all about supply and demand. I mean, if you've got, if there's a bunch of people wanting houses and we don't have a bunch of houses on the market, those sellers are going to be able to ask whatever they want to. And that's, that's, we're still, we're still in that market right now, regardless of what you hear on the media. And there's a lot of fear going on in the real estate community. Realtors are scared. It's going to, they're going to see another drop off. You know, I don't see it happening anytime soon until, until jobs start coming and stop coming to Nashville. So as of right now, jobs have not stopped here in Middle Tennessee. Great insight from Marshall Sparkman, sparkmanlending.com. Marshall, I appreciate your time. Thanks, Jason. Uh, this is Financial Coaching Radio. Keep it locked in right here on WGNS. I'm back right after this. is stressful and so is shopping for a mortgage take my advice and get a second opinion on the mortgage for your new home or your refinance not all banks and mortgage companies are created equal trust me on this call my friend marshall sparkman with franklin synergy bank at 615-439-0885 great team great process and the best rates marshall sparkman with franklin synergy bank at 615-439-0885 how much are your investments costing you each year most people don't have a clue why is this extremely important because overpaying by just one percent a year in fees and expenses can reduce your account balance at retirement by 28 percent you heard me right 28 percent less at retirement i'm commission free certified financial planner jason qualls i don't sell financial products i don't accept commissions or kickbacks from investment companies give me a call today for a free unbiased investment review at 878-2134 or visit my website jasonqualls.cfp.com
Welcome back into the show. One of the best points I can even make on this show and any show is, is I get the hassle of getting second opinions. You're sitting there with your financial guy, your financial girl. You're like, I just don't want to go through the hassle of taking the time to set up a meeting, go to the meeting, and you know, they're probably not going to tell me anything's different anyway. It's, it's just that fear of just change. And same thing with the mortgage. You're like, I'm applying for this mortgage. He's telling me that I've got this pre-qualification. I don't know if it's the best cost. I don't know if it's the best rate, but that pain of going somewhere else with that second opinion is just worse than the money, the, the, the pleasure you would get from saving the money. But in the few things in the financial world, I think something legal, like estate planning, something like buying a home, refinancing a home, and your financial life, your investments, your retirement, your kid's college, all of that stuff, I think you owe it to yourself, you owe it to your family to get a second opinion because you get down the road too far and there's no turning back. You've already paid the extra cost, you've already eaten the money, and that's money that you could have more uh, more mortgage cost fees saved, more financial planner fees saved, more legal issue costs saved as it relates to your estate plan or your family's or family would save that, that cost there if you passed away get it done it's the financial responsible thing to do learn more about holistic comprehensive planning at jason qualls certified financial or jason qualls cfp.com i'm out of here for today thanks for tuning in i'm back with you next time keep it locked in more local talk